Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, we're welcoming back the Chief Financial Commentator for CTV News, Patty Levitt-Reed. The COVID-19 pandemic has been especially tough on students, particularly those who will be graduating into a recession. We're going to talk with Patty about how new graduates can get ahead when the economy is falling behind. Her tips on how to navigate and succeed at virtual interviews and job searches, and how many people are reevaluating their work environment and what they do. The time to chase your dream job is now. So let's talk with Patty Levitt Reed. Hi, Patty. Hi, Mayor. How are you? I'm hanging in there. I am. I, I'm, I'm seeing the news and I'm feeling so badly for some of these students that didn't get a graduation, don't know if they're going to university that are graduation, graduating, and they're graduating in a recession. It's not quite a depression. Am I right? You're right about that. We haven't had that confirmed, of course, when you look at the economic news. But whether it's a recession or depression, if you're someone graduating right now, you're not feeling great about it. Um, You know, when you think about recessions, they are a typical part of any sort of uh, landscape when it comes to investing. I go back to 1950. There have been 12 of them, Marilyn, but they never feel good. They never feel good, but they Mm -hmm. tend to be short in duration. All right. So let's go back to 2008. You and I having dinner going, when is this going to be done? Remember that? <laughs> I do you know, remember that. I, yeah. I was worried. I was so worried. And I wasn't thinking about kids at the time for graduation because my son wasn't in that spot. But what can we tell people about that? Well, if you think back to 2008, um, it felt horrible. It always feels horrible when you're in the moment. But that actual pullback lasted about 18 months. So in the scheme of things, it's a relatively short period. And when you're in it, it feels like forever. And so if you Mm -hmm. are a recent graduate, I'm saying confront the brutal facts. We are dealing with a pandemic and we don't know exactly where it's going to go, but I don't think you ever lose your optimism. So it's kind of that yin and yang that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, let's go back to 2008 and on a personal side of things. You remember, and Patty and I have been friends for a long time, that I was leaving one company to go to another Mm -hmm. company, which is this company. And they announced a TV show was going to start. And guess what didn't happen? The TV show didn't start like it was supposed to. And that was, you're so right on, Patty, the longest, is it? I'm not sure. And I remember my dad who who passed in 2012 said to me, just be in the moment because this is this right now. There's a lot to get excited about. And that's exactly what you want to tell people. Well, I do, Marilyn, and I remember that conversation, and it wasn't that long, although it felt like an eternity, where things started Mm. to turn around, things started to open up. And I would argue, Mm -hmm. Marilyn, one of the things that you demonstrated through that is resiliency. And I would also say you stayed very focused on goals that you had. And it may not always happen. It may not always be perfect and in the moment that you expect it. But it doesn't mean you should lose sight of it. And so I still think for students graduating uh, with a career intended, with a goal in mind, you stick with it. It could take a little longer. And and I'm not going to be Pollyanna and suggest that it's going to happen overnight because it probably doesn't. But the bottom line is, I do think that we will get through this. 
The economy will continue to move on. It will move forward. Opportunities will open up. And those who stand out from the crowd stand a far better chance of, you know, landing an opportunity that matters to them. Don't aim for perfection. Don't write the story as if it's a firm yeah. timeline. We do that all the time. I don't know why, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes we all look for perfection and that is never going to be a winning strategy. You may not get, for example, um, the job that you want in an organization. You could have your eye on an organization and feel you're qualified for something, but you get hired for something else. It's okay. You may not get the hours that you want. You may get shift work. You may have a supervisor that has less experience than you and that's okay. This is not a time to look around for perfection. This is a time to look around for a job that's going to pay the bills. But at the same time, I think there's a real opportunity here to stand back and say, okay, who am I? What is it I really want to do? What excites me? How can I get excited? Find a company where I can get excited to work for. And by the way, I'm still going to yeah. get some money ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you have time to think and recalibrate and mm -hmm. look about what, how you feel instead of, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. That timeline we, we used to give ourselves, and it happens every once in a while, it's almost too much, and it does put pressure on us. Networking, we both know how important that is. How do we do that and do it well? I think networking, I think having a resume that's always up to date is just sort of like the ante, like in a poker game. Um, you just need to have it. But networking is what will ultimately be the game changer for you. And on your own, you can't network. You have to reach out to others. And when it comes to networking, it's not saying, here's what you can do for me or here's how you can help me. It's about connecting mm -hmm. with someone. You may be someone who's recently unemployed and you're looking for another job. You don't pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm unemployed and, you know, what have you got? How are you doing? What's going on in your life? And you start to network by volunteering, going out, helping others, connecting with people that you might not have in a long time, seeing how they're doing, how you might be able to help them. Once you get a network working for you and you get comfortable, you ask that person, if you do hear of something, would you feel okay maybe referring me? Uh, networking has landed more people, more jobs than a cold call or just sending out your resume ever will. I, I agree with that. And when you meet and network with people, even if it's over Zoom or through somebody and somebody's mm -hmm. saying, you know, I need somebody to do this, like social media for this show. You go, you know, I know somebody that can do that. Let me connect you. Right. And that's just a conversation you might have had two, three months ago. That's for sure. Before we get into the government and mm -hmm. assisting students as a parent, of sure. which you and I are. Yes. And we <laughs> are, our kids are grown because we're grandmas now. But I'm, I want to say... Mm -hmm. What do we say to parents on how to talk to their uh, graduates about being and staying more positive? Well, you know, I know not everyone, it, we're in a pandemic and not everyone's going to glide mm. through it. Um, we are social animals and we do want to connect and we, we want to be out there. And so it's tougher for some people than others. But I do think, Marilyn, and, and I've had this conversation with people, that when you're out mm. looking for a job, someone might ask you the question, 
what were you up to during the pandemic? How did you get through it? And I think you might want to prepare some answer and think about what you are doing. Um, those that help others, those that reach out, those that are trying to be industrious. There are employers out there looking for people to volunteer or they might even get a subsidy from the government that can pay them. There are grants out there that if you're mm -hmm. helping to fight COVID in a way you didn't even think you knew you could, you could be getting money. And so during this period, as a parent, and I, I have to admit, I've done it all with all four of our children. From day one, it's all about building a resume, showing that you're industrious, that you care, that you are so much more than probably just the job you're applying for, because they are. Mm -hmm. Patty, we also have talked many times about social media and be very mm -hmm. careful what you post on your social media because people are checking your social media. Oh, it's probably one of the first things that they will check. Um, they will look mm -hmm. to see what type of person that you um, present yourself to in a social environment, social media environment. Um, look at my backdrop. Am I exciting or what? Um, I do that exciting because I, <laughs> I know, I know, my stuff is riveting, um, but it's because it's it's not my background. Um, I'm in business, mm -hmm. and so I just want to talk about business. Um, but others, you know, you you think about what you're putting out there. They're going to look at it, and if you want to be taken mm -hmm. seriously, make sure your feeds are of a serious nature that truly reflect who you want to be, maybe not always the silly side of who you, you know, kind of like to be in the moment. Right. So with the federal government helping students, there's the Canadian Emergency mm -hmm. Student Benefit, the Canada Student Service Grant, the Canada Summer Jobs Program. So how yes. do we approach that? Because I know they're there to help. So what do we need to do if we're listening to this right now and going, yeah. okay, I got to get on this. Right. Well, if, if you are a student and I look at the employment levels and I know the hardest hit sector are students. They're unemployed. And through no fault of their own, employers are simply not hiring. So uh, the first one in terms of money that you can get through um, just getting a regular check, shall we say, $1,250. And that's going to run May through August. If you're going to a university or you recently graduated and you earn less than $1,000, you made reference to the grant. We touched on it a little bit, um, you can get up to call it one to $5,000, depending mm. on the hours that you're working and the focus that you have on COVID-19 and the wage subsidy that employers have, they're getting 100% from the government to pay a student a salary uh, at minimum wage in the region that they work in. But all of a mm -hmm. sudden, an employer might not be able to hire someone else, but they need a student to sort of get them over the hurdle this summer. And by the way, if you have a student right. loan, you don't have to pay it for six months and no interest. Just do nothing. Good to know. Good to know. Let's talk about our friends that are laid off and they're re-entering the workforce. What's your advice to them? Uh, be patient. Uh, be persistent. Uh, think about companies that you really want to work for and start reaching out to them. Um, think about the skill set that you may have that maybe may really serve you well that didn't serve you well in the past. Um, I've heard so many people ask me, should I continue to accept the government payout, the Canada Emergency mm -hmm. Response Benefit? It's probably going to pay me more than stocking shelves at a supermarket. Well, 
it's going to last the job at a supermarket potentially a lot longer than this benefit's mm-hmm. going to be. And so I think you really need to look at your current situation, how you're paying your bills. So, um, we're going to see Maryland insolvencies go higher. People are going to declare mm. bankruptcy at a rate that we've never mm. seen before because they they were already close to the margin before the pandemic right. coming out of it. Right. It's a tough situation. So you got to pay the bills. Take what you can get. Uh, take financial control, especially with debt. Well, I think this is where you reach out uh, to those that you may owe money. I think the savvy person through all of this is saying, I, I don't necessarily have the best resources in myself or in my family to navigate this situation. And maybe a credit counselor can help you. And, and the reason I say that is they may be able to negotiate a period of time where you have a deferral. They may be able to negotiate a smaller amount. Um, They will calm you down and give you a second set of eyes on your financial situation. Because sometimes when you're in the moment, you are so overwhelmed, you think there's, you're you're spiraling and you you don't know what to do. And so Mm -hmm. this is where getting some expertise really can go a long way for you. Yeah, it's a fresh pair of eyes. Uh, and somebody who is really knows about money and finances. And would you go to your bank for somebody like that? Is that where you, you would could. first look for somebody? Or yeah, okay, yeah. Or yeah. you could go to debt can uh, debt uh, debt Canada. You could go to um, sure. There are a number of insolvency companies out there that may say, mm-hmm. okay, you have steps before you have to declare bankruptcy. You're not at that stage mm-hmm. yet. Um, sure, you're going to cut out the basicness. Um, things that you just might like to buy and stick to necessities right now. It's step one for the most part, Marilyn. Um, and you're definitely not in this camp because for the decades that I've known you, you've always known exactly what you have coming in and exactly what you're spending your money on. Do you remember the time you said, should I decorate my living room? No, nah, I'm not going to, I'm going to save up more money. You didn't have to, but you chose to because you knew the numbers. And so that's what people need to do. They need to know their own numbers. What a memory you have. I finally decorated the living room, by the way. It's right here. I know. It looks very nice. It was worth the wait. Thank you. That was worth the wait. Um, So that tells me, um, too, that any kind of, I want to say extracurricular, but I know there's a different term for that. So let's Mm -hmm. just say you have a gym membership. Like, like, like going through your paperwork, which a lot of people don't do unless it's tax season. And like, I always call it, and I think you do too, found money, found expenses, you know, kind of looking at all of those things. Yeah. You know, um, I think you go through uh, your income statement. You look at exactly how much money you have coming in and exactly what it is you're spending your money on every single Mm -hmm. month and you break it down. You can pretty much cut out anything that you don't have a contractual obligation with, but you may have a contract, for example, insurance on your car. You're not driving your car. Um, chatting with our, my son, I was going to say our right. son, David, how about my son, David, but you know, him. Uh, you know what <laughs> da- David, um, said to me, I'm not driving my car. He reached out to his insurance company. He only saves $62 a year, $62 as mom would say, if you saw it sitting on the ground, would you pick it up? Darn right. And so he said, mm-hmm. it, t- it took me two minutes on a phone call and I saved $62. So everywhere you have a contractual obligation, the answer is always no if you don't reach out and try to negotiate it. And where you don't have a contractual obligation, you probably can say, I don't need to spend the money on this. 
right now. That's your found money. That is great. I love that. I love that you say $62 because that's, the, that's, that's <laughs> what you brag about at the family dinner. Set financial goals targeted to the pandemic crisis. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else you want to add to that? Because we're in it right now. I don't know how long we're going to be like this. So you tell me. You know what? I really want to say to students that uh, when we get out of this crisis, you'll want a credit rating that's intact. And that means maybe mm. making the minimum payment where you owe money. Uh, because down the road, you may want to rent your first apartment, get a loan for a car. You know what I'm talking about, getting a job. And they're going to check how have you managed your credit through this process. So all you have to do is make the minimum payment if you can. I don't usually say just make the minimum payment, but that's a good place to start. But also think about how you might be able to save money. There are a lot of students who are able to live at home, have the government grant coming in, and they can figure out ways to not spend everything. And by the way, this is a taxable benefit. I don't think most students will have enough income to have to pay tax, but you do need to mm, think about it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about tips on how to succeed when you're talking about um, getting interviewed via video. I mean, that's, that's we got to be prepared for all of this. So you've kind of got a countdown for everything that we need to do to be successful. The first thing you say is, Test the link ahead of time. <laughs> Good idea. You know what? It seems so obvious, but, and I know uh, people who are younger than we are, are very, very tech savvy, but that doesn't mean things can't happen. And so absolutely test the line ahead of time. You know, when you're getting ready for an interview, you need to understand who you're going to be interviewing with. You need to understand what their role is and what the purpose of the interview is. Sometimes it's just mm -hmm. exploratory. Sometimes it's just networking. Sometimes it's the real deal. Um, and I don't care what it is. You still need to dress for success, thinking that, you know what? Every time I talk to someone, that's a potential individual who might want to hire me down the road. And so testing the mm -hmm. line, dressing appropriately, and I'm going to get back to my oh-so-exciting backdrop. Think about the job that mm. potentially you might want to work for. And if they need someone who is highly organized, well, they can't tell for sure if I'm organized, but they're not going to go against me because I have stuff everywhere. Well, it's like you you and I have talked about before, too. It's like you're interviewing yourself. What do you see? Like, you know, take a look at your back uh, backdrop. Take a look at what you're mm -hmm. wearing. Right. T take a Yeah. Take a look at the company you'd like to work for beforehand is your second point. Good idea. Yeah, you really you really want to understand what sort of environment you could be stepping into because I think that virtually these interviews are going to happen and that's not likely going to go away for a long time. And so really doing your background research. Also, you notice the delay we have. You got to have a little bit of a pause. You don't want to be stepping over yeah. someone who is mm -hmm. interviewing you thinking you have something more important to say than the question they may be asking you. Okay. Now let me tell you as a broadcaster, and I've been one for 40 years, the word dead space is killer for people like us because we're always told not to have any dead space, but I am, I'm dealing with this right now. I've talked over you a couple of times. You have to give a little bit of a break. Thank you for reminding me before you, when you ask a question or when you are waiting for a response. Am I right? You, I paused. Yes, you're so right. Um, and, and it is important. And, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in it. The other thing as well, 
and I hope mm. I'm not coming across this way, but it makes it awkward. Like if you don't know the other person, I don't know their personality. Don't try to be funny. Don't try to joke around. Um, you can sometimes read a body language when you go into an interview, when you're face to face. It's a lot harder right now. And then your eyes can be darting all around and you're not sure what to look at. Try to stay focused as well. And, and you know, realize that it's a different, it's a different feeling. You're going to be awkward. Mm -hmm. But also go in prepared with at least probably five questions. You wanna you wanna be engaged. Mm -hmm. What kind of five questions are you looking at? Like, what's a generic one or two <laughs> that you would you would suggest that we ask? I mean, the obvious probably is what. Give me an idea of what the ideal candidate's going to look like for you. Um, describe how working in your organization is. Uh, you know, basic questions around learning more about who they are. And you know what? Here's one thing that's an absolute zinger and people don't do it. At the end of the interview, you really need to say, no one is going to work harder for you than I will. And I really want this job. I hope I'm the right candidate. And then you pause, you let them say what they're going to say. And then it's about the follow up. Marilyn, the number of people that maybe follow up with someone who's interviewed them the next day or even hours later, not good enough anymore. Follow up as soon as you get off the video conference to say and highlight, I learned this about the organization. I couldn't be more excited. Um, I believe I have the skills and I really want the job and I would love working for you. So don't wait 24 hours do it right after you get the call, especially if you want the job. Oh, I love that. That's so good. That's such, which is another point, telling people you've got a great attitude. Like I am positive. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. you know, you don't need to come across in a false way because people will start to read mm -hmm. through that, but who you are and, and, and if you really believe it, then make sure you ask for it. Uh, you know, I used to hire, you know, countless number of people and I never knew in some cases when they would leave my office, I wonder if they really want the job because the reality is Marilyn, none of us as a candidate are going to have all of the qualifications and you don't go in there and say, well, I can do this, this and this, but I can't do this. Mm. No, no, just highlight what your strengths are, what your passions are. They'll ask you, you know, what are some of your shortcomings? And I always say, you know, one of mine is I lack patience. I want it now. Well, it mm -hmm. isn't always going to happen, but that too could be a positive to suggest I have a sense of urgency about things and type A. Well, so you have to be prepared for those types of questions, Patty, because, you know, you have to have an answer for that. Mm -hmm. What if you don't have an answer? How would you uh, suggest that we answer mm -hmm. the question where we... I don't know. I don't want to put myself on a limb. So what do I do? You know what? I, I don't think not having an, an, an answer is an option because you're only going to leave them thinking, wow, how come they couldn't figure that out? Are they not self-aware? Mm. And so I, I do mm. think that you, if you are self-aware, it's okay to be honest. I mean, we're not perfect. Uh, and so sharing where you'd like to see improvement, where people have maybe suggested you might need improvement that's okay. But also talk about the things where people have complimented you, have said that you're really good. And, and you know, it's, a, it's about a balance, but it's about transparency. It's about honesty. Yeah. And you got to have an answer. Look professional, dress one level above the job. 
Really? Mm -hmm. This is good. Yes. Tell me more. You know what? (laughs) Well, you know what? I just think that you need to. What happens in an environment like we're in is things can get a little sloppier and um, you may not always project your best image. Uh, Truthfully, I'm in Lululemon pants on the bottom half. Um, that's not how I would walk into an office, but it is still okay for an interview because I'm trying to at least look the part today, at least what you see. Um, and so, yes, think about the type of organization. Now that doesn't mean that you can't be casually dressed. If let's say you're, uh, you know, applying for an environment that really focuses in on being casual, it's understanding the environment you could be stepping into and then step above one level, what you're applying for. Uh, look professional, be mindful of how you frame yourself. Did we do that? Well, we kind of did, didn't we? We did. We did kind of. Yeah. And and that's that's yeah. just preparing. You know, I used to say, yeah. Marilyn, when I would go out and do public speaking, for every one mm-hmm. hour of um, actual speaking, I would prep, research, pull things together for six hours. And every time I tried to cut corners, you could see it, you could tell it. And I didn't feel the confidence that I did when I prepared. And you know that expression, you know, preparation, uh, what opportunity when you're prepared, whatever that expression is, preparation meets opportunity, who knows. But you know yeah. where I'm going with it. When you're well prepared, um, there's a certain element of confidence because you you feel good about yourself. You know how you might answer. You know what you want to project. So there's nerves that are involved before you get interviewed. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What's a good calming thing to do? Because who can sleep the night before? I know that I couldn't. What do you suggest <laughs> that we do? Well, I think everybody's different. Um, I love to work out. I will make sure I've had a great mm-hmm. workout. I am big on visualization. Um, you know, I, I didn't grow up in television. And, and so this is, I don't have the comfort level you do. But what I will do, and I, I do it almost every morning before I go on air and talk about business, is I, I, I walk through it in my mind. I do my research. Oh, I drill it down okay. so that I'm hoping it's succinct. And then I visualize myself talking about it. And I think you could do the same thing. you got to do what works for you. But nothing calms you down better than being prepared, no matter what it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. When I have big interviews, I walk through the interviews. I pace. It's like I need a good day to do it. And then when I come in, mm-hmm. I no matter what direction that interview goes, I feel confident. All right. Now, let's talk about working from home. Does it seem? It does to me. Working harder, working longer. Is that true? Are we finding that to be true? So true. Um, In fact, there was a report and it was written up in Bloomberg and it talked about the average individual. And by the way, there are people watching us right now that are going to be saying, I would like to be working harder from home, but I I don't have a job. And so you've got both ends of the spectrum here where others are saying, I'm working on average three hours longer. And and that can be a lot to your day. And what you don't always realize, Marilyn, um, when you're in the moment and you're working and I'm writing blogs and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I love it, fatigue is cumulative. And so I may not feel it today, but I could feel it two days from now. And it will hit Mm. you out of nowhere because we're not disconnecting. I walk by and I see my computer and I think, well, if I log on for a minute or so, there might be a story that's more current. Whereas before, when I would walk away from the office, I'd think, I'm okay. I can get caught up on research in the morning. I have my routine. Those routines are gone for a lot of people right now. Mm -hmm. And I just saw a tweet from Pat Sajak the other day, the guy that hosts Wheel of Fortune. 
He said to people mm-hmm. like you and I, be careful how you talk about work and non-working because a lot of people are not working. So thank you for bringing that to our attention because we mm-hmm. are very mindful of that as well. Uh, so Patty, one last question for you. People who are out of work are reevaluating what they do. I'm sure you've had a lot of people asking you what to do. So can you answer that? Yeah, I do think a lot of people are really thinking about, is this the job that I want to do? Um, was it something that I got excited about? And, you know, I really think that you've got to be excited um, if you're going to be great at something. If you just think it's okay, um, you're never going to be great. So this is a great opportunity if you're looking for that mm-hmm. silver lining to say, okay, I'm going to branch out. It's going to take time, but it's worth the chance, I think. I do too. Patty, where can people follow you? Uh, actually, I try to answer people's questions on my Instagram because, you know, it's it's a daily flow. And that's mm-hmm. at Patty underscore love it read. And I do try to get to you, maybe not the same day, based on volume. Patty, thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. We'll do another podcast real soon. We need you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Mayor. Take care. Stay healthy. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.